So what are your names? I'm Mackenzie. And I'm Ron. And how do you feel? Pretty good. Yeah, good. Excited to be not working for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Trying nice. to get to the holidays. Yeah. And what do you guys do? We're a two-person studio uh, <laughs> called Macaroon Creative, and we specialize in the food and beverage industry. Uh, we do packaging, branding, websites, um, offer CPG products, which is consumer packaged goods, things you see on the shelves or, um, you know, in stores. Interesting. And um, where, like, how did you guys get started? Like, where did it all start? Um, well, my first job out of college was doing mostly, like, food and beverage, like, branding and packaging, like, very, very similar to the work we're doing now. And... From there, I like bounced around to a few other agencies, but I definitely found myself really missing like the creativity of like that type of work, and I just found myself really passionate about like the food and beverage space. And then, Ron. Yeah, I worked for uh, some different tech companies and stuff at my first job down here in the city. But then, uh, my free time, I went and did some brand stuff for Joe B's. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, my old job went and picked it. Saw it on Dribble, I think it was. And then after that. Um, they specialized in restaurant branding and they really liked it. So then I went and worked there and, you know, really moved into the food and beverage industry all just because of that, that fun side project that I went and did. Uh, yeah, and then from there, uh, we both like got into the food industry. So it just made sense to specialize in that. And um, we both worked at small companies. So we learned a lot about design-wise and business side. And just eventually we were like, why not try it out for ourselves? Yeah, we were doing it on the side for a while. For like a few years, it kind of just gradually built up to the point where we either kind of had to pull the trigger or stop doing freelance because we were pretty much had like two full-time jobs going so in it being in New York there's like kind of a nice safety net because if it didn't work out then you know there's a lot of design opportunities down here so it seemed like a good yeah good time to try it we've been in business about two years now so haven't looked back <laughs> so before like before those first jobs what was the aha moment where you're like, oh wow, okay, like maybe it's time to pursue this and like turn it into an income? Um, yeah, for both. I think for for a while after my first job was the one that I was doing the food and beverage stuff that I really liked, and then um, because I missed it, like I think it made me my jobs after that like. They were like great in like totally different ways, but because I missed doing that type of work, I think there was that added incentive just from like a creative fulfillment standpoint where I was trying to get freelance work that kind of mimicked the work that I had enjoyed at my first job. So like we started just trying to like reach out on like different like design sites and like kind of any opportunity that came our way, we were kind of jumping on it just because, I don't know. I think part of it was the extra income and then part of it was just you know, we miss doing that creative work, so. Yeah, my first job down here wasn't that creative. Did a lot of like PowerPoint decks and things like that. So I really had to go and work on the side to, you know, do more creative things from there. And, um, yeah. Just made it work, yeah. Cool. So to the creative process now, um, what, what's like, what does step number one look like? When it's like, okay, client has a proposition or you guys send a proposition. Yeah, definitely. What um, does that look like? Yeah, most of the time someone reaches out to us. Um, we've had like a good situation where we start working with a company and then it's kind of word of mouth to kind of grow us from there. Um, but a lot of times someone will send us an initial email, kind of tell us what they want, and we always try to hop on a call right away because um, then you can just chat with them about what they're really looking for, um, you know, if they have any deadlines, what they're trying to achieve with it. 
um, and just kind of learn a bit about them and their story from there. Um, and then from there we'll go and put together a proposal for them um, that kind of outlines everything we're going to go and do. So like scope of work, timeline, um, you know, deliverables, that sort of thing. Um, and then once we start hopping into the creative process, once they're all signed on and ready to go, uh, got our deposit check, then uh, we'll go and have a discovery call with them where we really try to dive in deep and um, you know, just figure out what they're about um, and what makes them different from their competition and um, makes their product unique. Yeah, we have like a pretty comprehensive list of like discovery questions because I think, you know, one thing, there's obviously like the visual component of design, but I think what really separates, you know, some companies from others is like there's like the strategic value that you have to provide. So in order to do that, like I think a lot of designers can take something and just make it look nice, but you have to really, um, you know, take a look at like the competitive landscape, take a look at like, um, their value proposition, like what, yeah, what makes them different from, you know, other similar businesses and try to figure out how you're going to execute like a brand strategy um, that's going to kind of enhance, like, yes, <laughs> enhance those like positive attributes of their business, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so, it really depends like where they're going to, because like, you know, if they're selling mostly online, you got to design differently than if they're going to be on a shelf. And then what store they're going for, like, you know, if they're trying to be in Whole Foods, like you got a different demographic than, you know, people who might be in shopping at Walmart or something like that. So, you know, it's really trying to figure out what it is and, you know, purposely be designing and, you know, being creative, but still within the boundaries that you're supposed to be in. It seems like research is like a huge part of it, obviously, and then like analytics, stuff like that. Yep. Um, how, what's the catalyst and the X factor that translates that information into a visual for you guys? I think for me at least it's like association. So I'm always trying to figure out these different associations between, it might be a shape or um, you know, something, some kind of background story they have. So I'm always trying to figure out kind of how I can link those two. Um, so I'll kind of think of conceptually, you know, where they're sort of coming from, so what their background story is, and then, you know, even their, as far as their name, like if I'm creating a logo or something like that, you know, are there similarities between a letter form and then, um, you know, an icon that someone associates with, you know, their backstory. Um, so trying to merge those into a visual, um, you know, system from there, visual solution. Yeah, we're also pretty big on mood boarding, so what we'll do usually after we kind of have all the information we need, we'll then put together mood boards and we'll take a look at, um, we try to not like limit ourselves to just looking at design work or just looking at, you know, their industry. We just kind of take a look at, it's like, you know, imagine, okay, we're their target demographic or where they're like perfect consumer. It's like, what are some like other brands that resonate with them across all of these different industries or like, what are some things they might enjoy doing or, you know, try to, take a look outside of even just the design realm to come up with like some visual inspiration that then we can present to the client and kind of share our initial concepts and make sure we're aligned and like the client's aesthetic preferences and you know make sure that we have some type of concept that is going to like that we feel will resonate with the target consumer and also resonate with the client. Mm. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. So it'll be like if you're trying to research deeper, there's like the actual client, there's like research A, and then there's that, there's B research, right? So yep. finding out, uh, that's pretty interesting. So yeah. what, what, what like mediums does that consist of? Like with, you won't listen to any music, you won't 
Will you watch movies? Will you like how how far does it really go when it comes to researching different industries? I think it really depends on what project we're working on too, because some projects have like a bigger backstory for them. So like the brand might be like you know five generations worth of you know a family who's been we have this one client uh, who's a barbecue sauce and I think they're three generations deep but they start off with like a deli in San Francisco um, so they kind of have these historical roots in there so you know for that one specifically we can look at kind of like what did you know these deli signs used to look like what did um, you know just like different things in the area um, yeah, kind of pull from like the history and the geography from that original deli and try to communicate that like their unique brand story through like visuals and like visual cues. Uh -huh. um, and like another client we have was like a, it's like a canned wine and they're trying, they wanted to kind of embody this like kind of beachy, like Southern California. So, you know, we took a look at like just a lot of, you know, a lot of like different materials kind of across, you know, these different like platforms that all you know, encapsulate kind of that energy that they wanted to evoke and that one was like maybe a little bit more like abstract, like. Yeah, like for that one it could be signage in the area or even, you know, building colors. Like, you know, in California there's a lot more colorful buildings like around and things like that, kind of have these pastels yeah, and these like kind the of warm Kind of architecture, like, yeah, like, mm. you know, like what, like hobbies, like people like, kind of like the outdoor, like, mm. kind of like active, like surf culture, like, you know, there are like a lot of different yeah, kind of a lot of different things, but like Ron said, it's very project specific for like where we might go to for kind of compiling that initial inspiration. Yeah, like if someone's really outdoorsy, you could be literally looking at like the colors of the trees and like leaves and things like that and how they kind of match up. Um, or it could be looking at, you know, old hand-painted signage that's on like the side of a building from a while ago. Um, yeah, it really, really ranges. Hmm. So taking all like, that seems very time-consuming. Um, and the volume of projects that you guys have, how do you stay like mentally like good <laughs> to go and ready to like keep working and stay at the top of your game? Like, given it tricks, coffee, early winters. <laughs> Lots but, of coffee for yeah. me. He doesn't drink coffee, so I'm. Wow. I give him a lot of credit. <laughs> Just never got into it. Yeah. Can't do the taste. Um. Yeah, I think it's tough. I mean, without being cheesy, I think we both. We both are really passionate about the work we do, and I think a lot of times when we get like a new project, especially in the, those beginning phases, it's like we're so excited to like take on this new project, and we're really, you know, we really try to like work with clients that we feel like some connection to, and so I think that helps like add to our motivation to really make sure especially those early phases like we're really like putting everything we got into it and like want to make like a great first impression and get the relationship off to a great you know kind of a great start um and i think too a lot of our clients are like really passionate about what they do so it's kind of this super collaborative process and kind of feeding off of like their energy it also helps that it's like the two of us i think so mm -hmm. if we're up until like five in the morning and like at least we're in it together <laughs> like yeah, just turn up some music and just kind of power through type of thing yeah and the other person understands too it's not like you know i'm sitting there working like all these long hours and then mackenzie's just sitting there wanting to like go out to eat or something and i'm telling you who we can't because i have to sit here and work you know it's kind of like a team effort thing and you know we've said this a lot like you know sometimes people will go and sit there and like scroll on facebook or you know play video games or things like that but you know for us we'd rather kind of just casually work at night and just kind of like chip away at things. Also, I think what helped us out too, I mean, we definitely work a lot and our catchphrase is, it's all right, next week will be a little bit lighter. <laughs> just get through this one. And you know, we always do. And you know, 
even though that we worked a lot, I think something that helped us out was we were doing this on the side for a while, so it was a full-time job and then almost another full-time job on the side there. So now it's kind of trained us to be able to work quickly and, you know, effectively. Cool. Um, are there days where you don't feel like doing it? Definitely. And yeah. <laughs> when that happens, like, how do you jump back into it? I think that on days, like, there are certain days, you know, sometimes, like, you just really... We try to leave enough, like, buffer with our timelines where, like, if there's just a day where we're just really, really not feeling doing the creative work, we always have, like, a lot of other work that we can be doing that's maybe less, um, less, like, draining and, like, in that way. Like, you know, our clients a lot of times are at, like, different stages. So there's, you know, with design, there's kind of more, like, creative work that's, like, more conceptual and maybe a little bit more demanding. And then there's more, like, production work, which is a little bit more straightforward and, um, you know, it can still be like equally like time consuming and, you know, you have to pay attention to detail and stuff. But I think that for us, like if we, if we're just really like exhausted, like creatively, we can take a break and do some of that more straightforward work or there's always like kind of administrative stuff we have to do, like putting the other proposals and timelines and things like that. And so just kind of like taking a break from the creative and kind of switching to some of the more either straightforward design or like the more business um, like oriented tasks I think that'll just give us like a little bit of a break that we need and then hopefully like kind of the next day we can come back with like fresh eyes and kind of pick up where we left off type of thing yeah and there's some days where even that stuff just isn't appealing and you know it's just hard to focus and you know that happens sometimes but you know then it's kind of just picking up like the next day and, um, you know kind of making up for it or you know if you're just refreshed then sometimes you'll just go and you know hit hit it harder then um, you know, sometimes we go and step away too, like um, we'll go to the gym or something like that during the day. The nice thing about working for ourselves and not having any employees or anything like that is that we just have flexibility with our day. So, you know, you don't have to work the nine to five hours. Like if we want to work, you know, nine to 11 and then go and go to the gym for an hour and then go and eat lunch or whatever and then work like a little bit later at night, that's cool too. So we can kind of, you know, move with the ebb and flows of the creativity and just kind of, you know, when you're feeling it. Yeah, cool. yeah, we're both pretty into like, yeah, I guess exercise is a good one. I feel like if we're just really stuck, we're just like, all right, now's a good time to like leave and go like, yeah, go to the gym or yeah. go run or whatever. And then that's usually a nice, by the time we come back, I think we're definitely in like a better mindset for. Or even something as simple as just walking the dogs or something like that, just to get out of like, we work from home. So just getting out of the apartment's like nice, even if it's just like a 15 minute walk or something like that, just getting out there, cleaning your head, stepping away from the computer, it definitely helps. Right. And do you, when you like consume other mediums of creativity or like content, um, do you ever associate it with inspiration for graphic design? Um, I or think not so much. I guess it kind of depends. I think I think it does happen, but I feel like again because all of like the projects we take on, like each client is so different. I feel like it really has to just be like I wouldn't say it's something we conscientiously like do or like try to do, but it definitely happens. It's just you know we never really. It's always unexpected. It's always like oh that'd be a cool idea for this or, um, it's like oh this like reminds me of like when we're doing this, we'll kind of just put, you know, kind of make those connections. 
like subconsciously I guess but yeah. sometimes I'll take pictures of things if I think they're cool just like walking by or, or something like that um, just to kind of save it for later if we think it's cool but I think it's just something that you like so subconsciously do I guess where you kind of just are absorbing this different information that you see and you kind of pull it together um, you know when you're actually creating something but you know you're just kind of building all this information like subconsciously and uh, whether you know it or not, it all has an effect on you know what you're doing when you're actually sitting down making something. All right, that's what I was wondering. I was wondering if like you could walk around and be like, "Ooh, look at that typeface." <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. To use that. Yeah, like, there's definitely stuff like, like that. the world yeah. is like kind of like you said subconsciously. Like, yeah, especially yeah. like being with the food and beverage space. Like New York has so many like yeah. awesome restaurants and bars, and then um, you know we're probably like crazy people when we're like grocery shopping we'll be like in the packaging section and we're like oh this is like a cool treatment for this and we're like looking at all the food packaging and yeah like there's a security guard over there that i'm pretty sure is like is this dude trying to steal something because i'll just be sitting there staring at packaging for a while picking it up and looking and putting it back yeah like over and over again and i'm like what is this dude doing yeah so yeah i guess in like that regard yeah just kind of like i feel like new york's a good place for design inspiration especially mm -hmm. for sure Mm -hmm. Wow, that's interesting. And um, so exercise, do you guys do anything else like externally to oh. like contribute to like your ability and stuff like that? We, we're pretty big into traveling, I feel like especially the past couple of years now that we've been working remotely. Um, we've been, I feel like, like last year especially, we were like going somewhere for the first like six months of the year I think we flew somewhere like every month basically <laughs> yeah. so I think that's nice too just kind of getting kind of a change of atmosphere I think that definitely helps like I mean sometimes sometimes we'll travel just for fun but a lot of times you know we'll be traveling for you know we'll try to go to like design conferences and things like that or where we're kind of just meeting new people and like other like creatives I think we feed a lot especially because we do work like in isolation I feel like we rely really heavily and like go out of our way to kind of cultivate those like creative relationships um so I feel like we have a network of friends from college that we have like a slack channel and we pretty much talk to them every day we'll go and you know as we're working on things we'll just like hit them up and be like oh hey what do you guys think of this and kind of get some outside perspective or um yeah we've kind of met just like a lot of people like in our over our years of being in the industry that I think all kind of help us, I don't know, kind of help add to our creativity and kind of get us out of like those ruts sometimes. That's great. Yeah. And what does like an average day look like? Time, uh, time frame wise. Like do you, do you regularly get up or do you kind of just like go with the flow? We usually yeah. end up waking up probably around like 8 to 8.30 or something. We'll go walk the dogs. Um, a lot of times we'll go to the gym. So we get a little bit of a later start. Um, you know, we'll probably start working around like 10 or something like that. Um, you know, and then from there, it depends on the day. Sometimes it's just, you know, focused, head down, just designing things all day. Usually a, a true crime podcast going on in the background or some music. Yeah. <laughs> um, but some days it's full of meetings. Some days it's full of admin things, um, you know, just writing proposals or, um, you know, different emails and things like that, contracts. Um, and then um, it usually goes probably until about five o'clock where we go and walk the dogs again then we'll go and kind of unwind have some dinner and stuff like that but then a lot of nights too we'll go and pick it back up from there um you know during the day usually i go and work at my desk um and then 
like at night we'll kind of chip away at things while we have like TV on the background and things like that. So it's a lot more casual and it's not like that much pressure to go and, you know, get things done when we're working at night, but a lot of times we'll still chip away at things probably. We're, we're night out, so we stay up probably until like <laughs> 1 to like 3 a.m. most nights. Yeah, we're definitely, we're definitely like, we always joke that we're more like nocturnal. <laughs> like yeah. getting up in the morning can definitely be a struggle, but we're definitely at night, we're like usually going full steam. And I think it's nice too. Like, we're pretty big. I think we get a lot done nights and weekends because, like Ron said, during the day, you know, you're dealing with a lot more emails and, like, clients are, you know, calling. And there's, like, more kind of, like, a you're more reactive, I guess. There's just more, you know, needs that you can't really anticipate. But then at night and, like, on the weekends, like, no one's really bothering us. So then we can really just focus and kind of work at our own pace and, um, yeah, pretty much avoid interruption. So... I think we try to like take advantage of that as much as we can. Like, not that we want to be working like around the clock necessarily, but I think that for us, that's like a nice time to just like Ron said, kind of work work casually without these like, you know, pressing timelines and things, and just kind of try to get ahead where where possible. So yeah, and I think a thing with the nighttime too that um, you know might influence is like I was saying, we did a lot of freelance work at night, so. I don't know if just doing that for so many years kind of just trained us to be more creative during then um, or you know just kind of usually I feel like I have a pretty good flow at night um, so I don't know if the years of doing the, the nighttime uh, freelance work has kind of you know shaped that and kind of just you know sculpted that into my workflow. Mm. And do you do any like in-field research like do us any podcasts about graphic design stuff yeah. or like yeah I, I definitely listen to a bunch of them um you know a lot now they're more on the business side of things um you know it kind of breaks down um you know running a studio or um you know just finding creativity and things like that but um yeah there's definitely a range of them that i'll listen to um also some like times i'll go and listen to like talks or stuff like that from conferences they'll put them on youtube and i'll just kind of throw that on the background um I used to listen to him a lot too when I worked in my full-time job, kind of pumped me up for, <laughs> you know, going out and doing our own thing and just trying to absorb as, as much knowledge as possible. The business stuff really, uh, you know, helped me too because obviously we've done the design stuff for a long time now and the business stuff is newer, so that really interests me. Yeah. What, uh, what are the podcasts that you recommend like, to any other graphic designer? Yeah, the one uh, Perspective Collective podcast. It's this guy, Scotty Russell. We've met him a couple times. Um, you know, at different conferences and stuff like that, but they have different people on who he interviews and things like that. So that's more for creativity and things like that. There's another one called the Honest Designer Show, um, where it's like a group of people. I think some are from England, another one from like South Africa, and then there's another guy from like the U.S. But they kind of just have different topics that they go through each time, um, just give their different perspectives. It's kind of you know just conversational, um, but it's interesting. They kind of give themselves a topic in the beginning, and then it kind of just flows from there. Another good resource is uh, The Future. This guy Chris Doe does it. Um, a lot of like design business resources and things like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, actually, I actually don't really listen to design podcasts as much. I think, like Ron said, I think earlier in my career I did, but now I think just because we are so immersed in design, I feel like like Ron said, I'm I'm pretty like into true crime, so I feel like I listen to like a lot of like true crime podcasts, and I feel like that just like kind of helps the day go by quicker. And I don't know, I think it's <laughs> for me, it's just we spend so much time like dealing with like the design and like the business. I think it's nice. It's like a nice little 
I don't know, I guess side hobby is murder, side <laughs> hobby. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Makes you feel better about what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, especially especially you're working all day. I can't really do it if I'm doing, like, if I'm doing really, again, like, that more, like, creative, like, more demanding work, it's, it's a little bit harder. Usually I have to be a little more focused, but when I'm doing something that's, like, a little bit more straightforward and mindless, it just, I don't know, it's, it kind of helps me, like, unwind and, yeah, it makes the process more enjoyable, especially working, like, longer hours and stuff, so... <laughs> Cool. Uh -huh. um, any advice you'd give to anybody trying to do the same thing you guys are doing? Or yeah, definitely. I think early in your career, just kind of go with the flow and see where you know your career takes you. I think a lot of people put pressure on you know finding your style or you know deciding exactly what you want to do from the beginning. And you know, I had a bunch of different jobs when I, uh, since I graduated school. First, I started off with like it was a medical simulation uh, company, so I was like in the health field. Um, kind of just doing this generic work, making these big backdrops, um, you know, for nurses and stuff to practice on these, like, artificial, like, dummies that had these different, like, health problems. <laughs> it was really obscure. Then from there, I went to Timely Signs in Kingston, um, and I did a lot of signage work there. Um, you know, that taught me a lot. Then from there, I went to a different company down here in the city, um, worked with a lot of tech companies, uh, did, you know, PowerPoint decks, um, infographics, um, you know, some logos, some websites, um, but it was all pretty tech. And then from there, obviously, as I explained before, uh, did the Joe B stuff and I got into the restaurant branding. Um, and that really pulled me to, you know, right now what we're doing, the food and beverage branding and packaging design. So it's like this obscure path, but, you know, I can take all these different things that I've learned at each of these jobs and, you know, they've kind of sculpted me into the designer I am today. So, like, I can take things from my signage job where now we have to make, like, signs for a restaurant or, um, you know, doing like window graphics or something like that and I have a lot of knowledge of the production side of it and you know kind of how that works um, or if we have to do an investor deck for you know one of the packaging clients that we have now um, I just have this like knowledge from a bunch of these different areas and you know if you ask me if I'd be doing packaging and like branding for food and beverage when you know I graduated uh, college I'd be like no way <laughs> I'd be like I I'm probably not going to do that I'm probably going to do something with like tech or you know magazines or maybe books or something like that but you know, just kind of shaped and moved along and, you know, just keep on building on top of what you had before and eventually you'll get to somewhere that you really like. Yeah, and I think kind of to kind of piggyback off of what Ron was just saying, I think kind of every job you have, like, every job is going to have pros and cons and, like, they're not all going to be, like, super glamorous, but I think just trying to have, like, a good attitude and, like, it sounds, like, cheesy, but just, like, really make sure you're working working really hard and trying to take as much as you can out of every opportunity you have because you never know when like like that information or like the connections you're making at those jobs could be really valuable like there was one job I had in particular that I just really really hated <laughs> it was like I really didn't enjoy anything about it but some of the connections I made from that job have like circled back and like ended up being really good long-term connections and long-term friends and and like the information I got there it was doing like a lot of I was like barely designing I was pretty much communicating with factories in China to get like mm. packaging produced and while it was not fun and it was really stressful it definitely made me a lot more comfortable now like working with manufacturers for like our own clients and things so I think just trying to like recognize that you know if you have like a good attitude and try to just pull as much as you can out of the opportunities it's going to like there are definitely times where you're going to want to just be like 
I'm done with this, I quit and just kind of give up. But just trying to kind of suck it up and like you can keep pushing forward without, you know, and still appreciate, I guess, the opportunity that's in front of you. Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah. Any other stuff extra about the creative process in general? You guys covered a lot. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the big thing for us is, you know, while being creative, you know, the main thing with what we do is like solving problems and, um, you know, really trying to help our clients achieve their goals. So, you know, not kind of just doing whatever you think looks the best. It's kind of, you know, having a reason for it and, um, you know, make sure you kind of keep that in mind while you're while you're going through the creative process. Yeah, and kind of, and I think too, um, kind of like not letting your like creativity. There's like a fine line between your own like personal like taste and like creativity, but like kind of recognizing that external opinions are all like valid. I think I see a lot of designers who get really frustrated when like they get feedback that they don't agree with and they don't necessarily handle like constructive criticism that well, but like you know, your client's opinion, like any, pretty much anyone else's like external opinion, it's all, it's all valid. And like, that doesn't necessarily mean you should change your work to like accommodate that. But I think just, you know, kind of taking that information and yeah, kind of making smart, informed decisions using that information and trying to like, kind of be open to that. Cause I think it's really easy to go down, especially now, like in different design inspiration is so readily available. There's so many like, you know, Dribble, like Instagram, Behance, like so many sites where you're just kind of regurgitating like the same, you know, design stuff over and over. I think it can be really helpful too to kind of, you know, get that outside perspective from people who aren't designers who, you know, are still smart and <laughs> have, yeah, provide value. So. Yeah. And in the end, that's who's going to see it is people who aren't designers. You know, sometimes you get caught in this little bubble of, you know, the design world or, you know the art or create creative world but you know the things that you're designing for are going to be seen by everyone so you need to have that in mind and you know you shouldn't let that hinder you like even if there's you know boundaries or constraints on what you're working on you should kind of use that to propel yourself and you know use as information um, instead of you know restrictions yeah good yeah i think so <laughs> you guys killed it thank you so much yeah that yeah, thanks, awesome. thanks for having us. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely.